Hi, this is Lauren. And Jamie. And we're the hosts of the Making It Work podcast, where we're bringing you behind closed doors to let you in on what we're doing to make our relationship work. And this week, we just got back from our first holiday. That's right. Making It Work went on the road. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been nice to record an episode on the road. We did, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So. When? Yeah, we did. Um, when we were late to go to the boat to Pender Island. 100%. We recorded an episode in the van. Really? Yes. And then you wow. made me record an episode with you about imperfect action for your freedom coaches. That was here. No, that was. <laughs> no, babe, we recorded in the van. Okay, well, we brought you an episode <laughs> from our holiday, but um, yeah, now we're back. Now we're back. And we're in our new studio. We're in our new recording studio. And uh, yeah, how was the holiday? How was the trip? It was fantastic. What was the highlight for you? What did we do? Oh my gosh, what did we do? Well, you left a week before me. I think we talked about this on the last episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you left a week before me and then I flew down to meet you in Vancouver. So you drove to Vancouver from like Vernon or Kelowna. And then I drove. I flew down on Saturday after I delivered a couple cakes. And you picked me up and we immediately went to the ferry and went to Vancouver Island and um we went kiteboarding sort of i got a kiteboarding lesson at the at like the place in bc to go kiteboarding do you remember what it's called i do it's called knit Nat. Uh -huh. um and that was a super fun experience and we camped in the van along the way and i know that we talked about that part on our on our holiday or on our holiday episode and then um, we hung out with some of your friends on Salt Spring Island that uh, they have a boat. And then a couple of our other friends met us there and we did a little boat tour to Pender Island. And you <laughs> flew the kite, launched the kite off the back of the boat for the first time. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done that? And it was beautiful comedic timing because I asked you because it was super light wind. It's like, is there enough wind for it to pull you? And you're like, no. <laughs> and then you loop the kite to get it some power and it pulled you right off the back of the boat. And it was, it was so perfect. And everybody just like, everybody just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty funny, but yeah, it was nice launching off the back of the boat and practicing that. That was pretty sweet. It worked out. Yeah. We caught crabs. Well, we didn't, but the, the crab trap caught crabs and we had fresh crab mm -hmm. two nights in a row. We stayed on the little island, Salt Spring Island, what, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night? Yeah. So three nights there. It was really lovely, really small, nice little place. I um, I forgot how much I really enjoyed living on the coast and living coast closer to the ocean. Yeah, it was nice just because it wasn't smoky. Because right now here in Nelson, it is super smoky. Yeah. I think in... we have, what, the worst air quality in the world? <laughs> in... For sure, the province and I think the country. Yeah, it's pretty smoky here. It's There's about three different wildfires that are burning that are like massive wildfires. And they're all blowing. The smoke is just blowing into our little valley from mm -hmm. all these different fires. And it's interesting because you can drive 30 minutes up the road and it's clear skies. But it just happens to be the way the wind's blowing and the fact that we're in this nice little valley. Mm -hmm, totally. So it was super nice to be down on the coast. It did give me some pause about about living in Nelson. Um, I've thought about leaving Nelson and like how difficult that would be and just sort of all the logistics of it. And so I I never, it made me feel overwhelmed and scared. And so I never <laughs> really thought any more about it. But 
being um, being on the coast really made me consider not uh, living in Nelson or what it would be like to not live in Nelson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how are you going to accommodate that? What are you going to do? Oh, um, and what are you going to do to not be overwhelmed? Well, I, I picked up a really good book on Salt Spring, actually, and it was called Design the Life You Love, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. I should write one called Design Your Love Life. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, it was a really, it had a really great thing in it where it talks about taking, um, she likened it to soup. So if you take chicken noodle soup, there's a lot of things that go into chicken noodle soup that you can break it down into like individual things. Like there's the chicken, there's the broth, there's the seasoning, there's the pot that you need to cook it in. There's the noodles. Like it just breaks it down to everything. And so I think looking at the idea of not living in Nelson and what like breaking that down into different pieces to make it less overwhelming. Like this idea of spending a couple months not here is maybe a good place to start. And then maybe two months turns into six months and then, yeah, I just, it's so crazy not being able to, like, relate with that. What do you mean? Like, it being scared of leaving? Yeah, I just can't I think understand yeah. it. Did you grow up in the same house? Like, you lived in the same house for your whole life? Um, Yeah, until I was uh, 16 or 17. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, like, I, we started moving when I was 11, And I'd been to a couple elementary schools already. Like I was in three elementary schools by the time I hit fifth grade. And then from there, I went to two elementary schools and a high school in BC. And then we moved down to the States and I switched schools there. And then I also, uh, then, yeah, I went to, I finished high school in Ontario. But like there were a lot of, there were a lot of things to overcome with like friend groups and being the new kid. And I mean, it's all things that I'm super grateful for now, but in the moment when they, when they were happening, it was really, it was really challenging. Um, yeah, it was difficult then. I mean, like I said, I'm super grateful for all the things I got to do, all the people I got to meet, the connections I got to make and the things that I learned about different. I mean, it's, it was all within North America, but there is like a, it was a huge culture shock moving to the U.S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think what happens is I think about I attach that, which is my history, my story, my belief system around moving, and that I guess that because I never had it, I always wanted. Like I, I know people here that they they were born and raised in Nelson, and they still hang out with the friends that they went to elementary school with. Like they're still so closely bonded. And because I didn't have that, I automatically think that that's better than what I did have. Yeah. So I think that I attach that to the idea of leaving Nelson. I mean, I have kids and thinking about taking them away from their friends. And it's so weird because, like, I was just saying this about my youngest child who has been diagnosed with cerebral palsy and she gets tired, like doing everyday things, certain things that she has to do are more difficult for her, just the nature of how much work it takes her brain to connect. I know you don't agree with that. And I don't give a shit if you don't agree with it. It's like neurologically, her brain has a difficult time telling the right side of her body what to do. And so she has to try harder to make those connections. And that is fatiguing. 
And so she gets tired more easily than um, other kids do. And that's feedback I've had from her, her care providers as well, like her daycare providers. But I was thinking about, oh, man, how is school going to work for her? Like, she still needs a nap. She still takes a nap. She's five. And, like, school's going to be really hard on her. And never once until we were on this trip did I think maybe traditional school is not the best idea for her. And maybe this opportunity to do some homeschool and um, and go to a homeschooling co-op where you kind of go at your own pace and, and we can, like, learning doesn't have to stop just because it's three o'clock, right? Like there's no, the bell doesn't have to ring and learning ends when you're in charge of, of your child's education. And so I thought like, maybe that's the thing to do. Like we get up in the morning and we do some, some stuff and then we go hang out and just leisurely take our, our time through the day. And on days when she has more energy, we do more. I mean, in my mind, I, I'm agreeing with you. But this could be a time where you teach them the things that you always want to do yourself, like yoga and like meditating totally. and like things like that, where it's like you take this year for them and do that sort of stuff than rather trying to do the traditional schooling. And yeah, you've like, already talked about teaching them about the ocean and it'd be yeah. a whole year of teaching about the ocean and like if you're going to Mexico, then like, you know, the different plants and animals and the ecosystem and of down the, there and like of, just a big geography thing. Totally. Right? Like the geography thing would be super cool. That was one of my favorite college classes that I took was the geography of British Columbia because we actually got to go out and see the stuff that we were learning about. And like this idea of creating healthy habits in them. Like, I love what you just said. Like, I do want to do yoga every day. And so if I woke up in the morning and that was part of like our curriculum is that we did you know, 15 or 20 minutes of yoga every morning. And then maybe we sit down and write because that's something that's important to me too. So, and like, there's just all these ways to just like, when you change your point of view of how things, uh, this was in her book too, instead of you change your point of view from present to future. And so when you let go of everything in the present and you rebuild something, that like you deconstruct your whole life and then you rebuild it in a completely different way. And like, how can I achieve all of these things when I break them down into little blocks? So I want my kids to have a good education. I want them to have interesting life experiences. I want them to have friends and I want them, you know, to know that they're loved and that they're cared for and cared about. And like, that doesn't have to be the way that it is now. They don't have to go to school. They don't have to, like the one thing that I, the only thing that I worry about is Thora and her gymnastics. But kids are, you know, pretty resilient, right? Well, I mean, like that's, I mean, do you, is that what you want her life to be about? And is that what you want? Is that her goal to like go be an Olympic gymnast? She's not going to be an Olympic gymnast. Like so then. But like the thing that I loved, um, I loved figure skating and I loved competing when I was skating. And then we moved to a place where the club was not very supportive. There were not many competitions and my, I, I dropped out of that sport because it just, it was no longer, I didn't get to do the things that I loved about it. Well, how many, I mean, there's answers to all this. Like how many days a week does she go to gymnastics? 
too. Can you just get them to send you videos of what they're doing and she can just practice on her own? Yeah, like I could probably, there's there's definitely, I mean, she won't have the apparatus, but she could definitely work on like floor stuff and stretching and continuing to do her um, her um, stamina and, and flexibility training. That was the word I couldn't come up with, but mm-hmm. yeah, so those are, those are things there's, I mean, yeah, there's definitely ways to work around it. And I think that for me as a person, I like to ease into things, which is so interesting when it comes to the two of us in our relationship, because you're like, no, just do it. Like, well, you've been <laughs> easing into this for eight months. So, <laughs> well, it was like when, when you gave me my kiteboarding lesson that, um, so I, we flew the kite on the beach. It was great. I did a really good job. I was super proud of myself. You didn't yell at me. Um, I didn't wreck the I kite. Don't dis- I don't <laughs> normally yell at you, just so everybody knows. No, only when you're teaching me I things. Don't, I don't <laughs> yell at you. Anyway. Um, and then you're like, okay, put your wetsuit on. We're getting in the water. And I was like, no, 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 I'm good. Like that, that was a good thing. I learned how to do that. I can do that now. I'm, I'm good. I don't need to get in the water. And, um, yeah, it was not, I mean, it was still easing in. Like there was no like, okay, you're on your own, get on the board, go have fun. It was, it was still very much you easing me into it, which I appreciated, which was like, here, you're going to hold on to me. We're going to body drag downwind. And then you're going to have a chance to fly the kite while you're in the water, which I have to say, flying the kite while you're in the water was way better than flying it on land. I mean, it's super fun to fly it on the beach, but being in the water, it just, I don't know, it feels better. Yeah. <laughs> it's safer. It's, it does feel safer. I was going to say that. You're not supposed to fly it on land. Yeah. So anyway, it was, that was, that was a good way to ease in. But I feel like if I can get the permission from their dad to go um, to do this trip for six weeks, that that would be a really good, it's like, it's a good trial. Mm -hmm. It's like, can we make this work? And how does this feel? And what can we do differently to make it work better? Or what can we keep the same to, to make it work? Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. I've got to get my butt in gear and get some things together. I need to make some contacts with your people down there so that we can actually make it a reality. But I mean, can't you just like, if it's only for that short a time, can't you just like put them into enroll them in an online school? Totally. Yeah, I can enroll them in an online school. So why not just do do that? And then if we get down there, would you rather them like I would rather homeschool them down there. I yeah, I would not rather them. not have them. I would rather get in touch with a homeschooling co op that exists already down there. Because if there are a bunch of kids down there, I'll bet you there's something. Right? I can definitely get you in touch with the people you need to talk to. But I think that like this little trip was a good like first foray. It was our first van trip together. Mm-hmm. We learned some things about the van. Things that we need to do. and <laughs> nothing, nothing new for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just how to make your life better in the van. That's the thing for me. It's like I'm like. Very low maintenance. Yeah, mm-hmm. people are just still surprised. Even my brother was like, "I can't believe you still don't have a toilet in that thing." I'm like, eh. "Yeah, that's we got to get one of those." Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I just time my time my life around where I'm going to be in the morning. It's true. Somebody said to me when we were on the trip, "So, what's your bathroom situation like?" And I was like, "Well, uh, I washed my hair in the sink at the ferry terminal today." So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the 
like once but that's the thing is like the traveling in the van and then like ending up somewhere in the van is like two different things but like one thing for sure is like an awning and then setting up a shower system yeah which uh is i mean you looked at some but i mean like i already have an idea of what to do with that is just doing it but it's like now you know and it's like i'm pretty much not going to work on the van anymore until i'm gonna have to do it (laughs) until until now i want to see like some buy-in from you i this i can do this exactly how it is right now so it's like now that you know what it's like i'm hoping that you're going to be like okay let's let's go outside and do this and like let's do this and let's like get this sorted and stuff yeah the first order of business is the seats for the kids Mm-hmm. which we need to make a plan for that where they're going to go and then everything after that's easy yeah i mean they have to sit facing like the weird thing is they have to sit, they say they have to sit facing forward which mm-hmm. i don't really get because when kids are sitting in the back they can't see out the window anyways because people are saying for like being car sick that's like if they're sitting sideways then they're not going to or they're going to get car sick or something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't think my kids get car sick. We'll get some gravel. I was just saying, if they do, we get gravel and those those bracelets that um, the girl we hung out with on the boat last week had. Sea mm-hmm. bands or whatever they're called. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the idea now. Hopefully, you get yeah. some buy-in and... It would be very exciting to see you start to transition into a new career of some sort mm-hmm. that allows you to do these trips. Because are they going to let you take two months off of work? They There was a guy that used to do that. He would go away for four months in the winter and they would give him the four months off and then they'd bring him back for his I, job. I, you're, you're, I, I wish they wouldn't. I know. I wish they'd just... <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that it's almost like they're, your job right now is enabling. Yes. 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 <laughs> it's... it's you know? Yeah. I mean, even with, yeah, you just have it too easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that this is the thing. It's like uh, uh, that word enabler. I haven't actually used that in like any, any coaching terms or I haven't really come across that term. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm saying it, I'm like, it's such a huge thing. It's such a big reason why people stay stuck where they are because it's like, I want to know what the definition of that is. What? Enabler? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I would say that it's someone who supports or allows a behavior to continue. Like if you're, yeah, that's what I would think enabler means. We're getting the Google definition up. Enabler, a person. A person or thing that makes something possible. Yeah, see? A person who encourages or enables negative or self-destructive behavior in another. So. That's my work right now. Um, but I think that it's like, that's kind of, uh, it's almost like what society is doing for us. It's like this whole idea of like, get a job work for a boss, work for a big company, just like stay, it's this like safety net. Totally. It's like this idea of like, it enables us to live, but it doesn't encourage us to grow. It doesn't encourage us to be better than we are. Like it's, it, I mean, in school, if you have a really good teacher or something like that, Mm -hmm. that's kind of your encouragement. I find like the people that did have these good teachers who really cared, 
they got pushed into these or, or parents yeah. or something like that. But then once you get to a spot where you're, you're an adult and you're doing your own thing, you just slip into this rut and then the yeah, enablers of the world just kind of just allow us to live. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's come up in like three different conversations that we've had where I've wanted to bring up the idea of universal basic income because like that's the whole like that's a big part of this is like I have to have money to purchase food and pay my rent uh, so that my kids have somewhere to live and something to eat. But you you have this is the thing is you have the means you can do whatever you want. You can yeah. do whatever you want. Totally. And to it's really money. scary to think about not having, as you said, that safety net. Like right now I have a job with benefits and um, yeah, I know that that's, I mean, yeah, that's enabling me to continue doing But it's what a fake I'm safety doing. net. You could get fired at any time. That's true. I could get fired at any time. Not that you would or, but anything's possible, right? Yeah. I mean, so that that's the idea is you're, it's funny to hear you talk about like universal basic income just so you can like support your family when it's like you have the brain power you have the you are above like normal intelligence you are smarter than the average person in the world i'm going to say i'm going to put that out there and you have more power than anybody to do anything you want and then to hear you be like well i need somebody to take care of me that's that's what i heard when i heard the universal basic income and it's like, no, for me, universal basic income would be like, I could, if I knew that my rent was paid and that my food for my kids was covered, then like I could, I could relax and enjoy doing something else. But that's, that's the thing is to get to that point where you can relax, you have to do the, we have to do the hard thing first. We We have to like push through and do what's uncomfortable and take that chance to get there that that's like the whole that's that's the prize the prize for like doing the hard work is getting to that point of of comfort and that point where it's like i'm here now and it's always going to be it's going to be good i can always get back to this level and that's the thing that like until a person goes and does something different and proves to themselves that they can make it work, i.e. like a cake baking business, mm -hmm. like, or a writing business or making money online. There's so many people that don't believe it's possible because no, nobody's done it. Like, who do you know that makes money online? You. Besides, do you know anybody else? Um, Other than me, like personally. Personally. I do actually. Who? Uh, there's a guy in the valley, and he actually just quit his job to podcast full time. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like out of all these people, like I I don't even know anybody personally. Yeah. Like, um, by personally I mean I've met obviously people online through courses right. and stuff like that, and I believe that is possible, and I know people that do it. Mm -hmm. But like on my personal, like in my friend group. I don't have know anybody who doesn't do like a regular job. And mm -hmm. I mean, like, I guess working online is a regular job, but it isn't until you like get into that, that industry and that space and stuff like that. But the, the point I'm trying to make is that until 
we branch out and try something different and prove to ourselves that it's possible, no matter who comes to us and says, I've done this and I make money this way. It, it still doesn't matter. They can, they can show you their bank account. They can show you everything. They can show you their day-to-day life. They can show you everything. But until we do it ourselves, that belief isn't there. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing where you're saying that you want to be comfortable and know that your kids are going to be fed and taken care of. It's like there comes this point and that's where this transition comes. But in order to have that transition to happen, the workload has to double. Now, we've talked about this before. Totally. I was like, thinking about this today when I was at the post office. That, like, how much it sucks that in order to get to be where, like, where you want to be to have that freedom is that you have to give it all up. Like, you have to give up every ounce of your freedom. And then once you've completely surrendered to that, then that's when things start to happen, hopefully. And you can... <sighs> Yeah. Take it back. But the idea is that if you're if you're truly aligned with your passion and what you actually want to do, then when you give up that freedom, it's not like you're giving up that freedom. It's like you're doing the idea is to do that thing that excites you. So you want to wake up in the morning and you want to you want to bake the cakes. You want to wake up and you want to write. Mm-hmm. You want to wake up and you want it. You want to do it. So it's it's not that it's a chore. It's that you want to do this and you know that if you put the effort and time into it, that it's going to pay off. Yeah. And it goes from, it's the difference from doing it as a hobby to like taking it really seriously. Like that we watched that surfing um, mm-hmm. video today about this Red Bull athlete. And he was like, there came a point in my surfing career where. I realized I needed to put everything into this. Yeah. All of my energy needed to be. Mm-hmm. into surfing to make money at it for my family <laughs> yeah and that's that's the biggest that's the easiest thing to see if anybody wants a, a visual representation of giving it your all it's professional athletes mm-hmm. it's that is the the easiest thing to see what they give to get where they are um and what they give up yeah and I mean, like that's for them. I mean, it's lucky enough that if you're a pro- professional skateboarder or whatever your sport is that you love doing it. But then there gets a point where you've even seen this with gymnastics with your girls that it's like it gets to a point where it's like, OK, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah, this is. And then that's that tipping point where you're like, OK, I'm skilled at this. I'm good at this. I'm professional at this. Now, this is this is my job. But like I, I still I still love it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and that's the thing with learning any, any type of skill. Once you learn that skill, you become good at it then you can take it and transfer it and it can be your job. Like, who was I talking to about like the coaching? I was, oh, when I was talking to my brother, I'm like, listen, it's like, I'm not like, I'm just beginning right now. I'm not the best coach in the world. I'm not the best person at what I'm doing right now, but I'm starting. And when me, Dean and Kylie stick this out for the next year then two years then four years then six years where like how good do you think we're going to be when we reach that six year mark well even just watching you shared with me the first uh facebook live i don't know if it was actually the first one but it was one it was in the early days third it was the third one okay and just watching that um facebook live that you did and then almost exactly a year later the next video that popped up was almost exactly a year later and just the difference in the way that you were set up, the way that you looked at the camera, the way that you spoke. 
I mean, it was, it was a big, it was a big, it was a big change. And that's in one year. Yeah. And like one year ago, I, I didn't know anything about, I didn't know anything about anything. (laughs) Like, I think I'd been doing April, May, June, July. I'd been doing my network marketing thing for like two months at that point. And that was my first, that was my first glimpse of anything into trying to make money online. And it was like a stepping stone into where I am now. And this is just a stepping stone to where I'm going to be and where I'm ending up and where we're going. And that whole network marketing thing, if it wasn't for that, I never would have met you. Yeah. So. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God so. bless network marketing. <laughs> I'm so glad you don't do that anymore. Um. <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> I just do it for me. Uh. It's all, it's, it's funny because everything we do is network marketing. Totally. All we're doing is networking to market something. Yeah. That's what network marketing is. You network to sell your cakes. It's true. Like marketing is just the act of trying to entice people to get a product or a service from you. Mm-hmm. And networking is connecting with those pe- people in some, some way, shape or form. But thank you, Anchor, for keeping us on time again today. We're at uh, 29 minutes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, guys. So thanks for listening. Yeah. As usual. Vacations will open your eyes to the world of possibilities. Totally. I think Lauren's getting pretty good at um, pumping our stuff on Instagram. Yeah. So check us out on Insta. What is it? Making it work. Underscore pod. And uh, if you like what you're listening to, hit the subscribe button. We'd love to hear what you have to say. So you can hit us up on Instagram, send us a message, find us on Facebook. And come down and visit us in uh, Mexico this year because (laughs) my next uh, idea is to get Lauren to be a kiteboard instructor. So (laughs) she's going to be taking some free clients this year. Sweet. And (laughs) for anybody who comes in, oh, no, it's going to go. I'll have to talk about this next time. (laughs) See you guys. Bye.